All right. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Whole Duty of Man podcast. You are listening to the Cosmos. Thank you so much for being consistent in listening in. And we are in Lesson 7, Episode 7. As always, I am not alone. I am with my very lovely brother, Ngatisi. How are you doing? Ah, uh, you know, Mabel, we are always just happy to, to feel the rest, particularly after a very, very tough week, full of, yeah, of yeah. a lot of hard work, business, mm. just tired, and just happy to be able to rest in the Lord. But the tougher the week, the better the rest, right? Like, it feels much, much, much better deserved, and like you really mm-hmm. ease into it well, as opposed to if your your week wasn't so busy. So, I mean, yeah, it's always something you know, I, to look I, I, forward I to. It, I think it depends as well. Okay. On, on the environment and the in the environment that you're in as well, we are experiencing mm-hmm. your Sabbath, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, you know, I was just thinking right now about how we are speaking about a tough week and how we always have mm. the Sabbath where we actually Literally. just take some time out to rest. It's actually kind of linked to what we're speaking about today. You know, as we go through the week, we have this mm-hmm. hope of like a week that's going to... That burns within our hearts. Right? We have the hope of the weekend. Imagine if we had no weekend or imagine Mm. if you had Mm. no reason to pause or nothing to stop. Mm. And if all you did was to show up every morning, nine to five, hectic, 24-7, we would go crazy. But something that keeps us going is the reward that we have at the end or the rest, Mm. right? Or what it is that we will get. From that type of experience... Mm-hmm. So essentially, what you are saying, yeah, without getting to the point yet that we are going to get to today, actually, mm-hmm. you are saying, despite what we go through, yeah, we keep our eye, we keep our focal point, yes, our perspective, we keep our mind on another time, yes, we keep our okay. minds on something else, yeah, so that be that. That as we look towards it, it gives us strength to be able to overcome and go through whatever is necessary. Oh, amen. So as long as we keep our perspective Mm -hmm. on it and not what is around. Yeah, definitely. And And that just... Wow. Right. You know, I don't want us to say a lot before we get to... We are going to talk about hope today. Yeah, yeah. But before yes. that, before we actually officially dive in, I just want to tie up what you spoke about. Um, when you mm-hmm. said that as we go through the week, right, we have our mind fixed on another time. And for us daily, mm-hmm. um, weekly, we have the Sabbath to look forward to where we just take time mm-hmm. and rest. A practical, and simple example, yeah. It made me think about Hebrews 11 that speaks about... Mm-hmm the faith of our fathers, your your Jacobs, your Abraham. And there's a part Mm -hmm. in Hebrews 11 Mm -hmm. that says that the thing that kept them going was the fulfillment of the promise. Because remember, most of them actually did not attain that promise. But they will Mm -hmm. attain it eventually when we inherit that new Jerusalem. That will be their promised land. But what kept their faith going in God, despite their good or their bad times, was their mind being fixed fixed on another time on that promise that on another yeah. time that 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 yeah. reward at the end all right yeah and with that said and you know 
Okay, okay. And just just talk a bit more on this. And see, the this I didn't talk about this so early. It's okay. But it's fine. It's all right. It's it's like it's like running, right? Yeah. You're looking, you you know it's a very tough race, but mm. you want to push and give your all because mm. you know for me, for me so for example, let's say it's uh it's a short distance hundred meters. You know that if you push yourself fully for those mm. eleven harsh seconds, if you put yourself through hard training. Yeah. You know that the results are going to be worth it. Mm. So, yeah. And exercise, you know, uh, we've both experienced as being such as up in exercise. And you, you know how tough it is. Mm, but amen. because we look towards why we are doing it, what we're looking forward to, it amen. tends to, to push us and strengthen us. But this actually introduces our topic of today, which okay. is <laughs> yes. against depression. Say that again. Hope, hope yeah. against depression. Hope so against already depression. We've touched, we've touched a bit on hope. Yeah. But first, I think we want to delve into what the whole thing on depression and, mm-hmm. and what we actually find about it. Take us yeah. through. But before that, let us open with a word of prayer. Let us bow our heads. Yeah, always, always, always. And... We're getting ahead of ourselves when you talked about hope. <laughs> let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for for you and your your promises and the fact that they are mm. true and that we, we can actually, you know, have something to look forward to in this life, Lord. And mm. as we are about to talk about that and to remind ourselves and each other and the listeners, Lord, that may have forgotten, Lord, I pray that you may please speak through us. You know, Lord, who is going to be listening to this and you know exactly what you've been longing to communicate to them, Lord. May you please use us as vessels in getting this message across. And may you also please speak to us as individuals. We pray that your Holy Spirit may please be among us and we pray that everything may go well during this episode. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And just before we get in, okay. I just had a thought as we were praying. All right. <laughs> but, okay, I, I don't want to talk about this now. So, please, I'm just saying, please remind me to talk about it later. Okay. There's something that you mentioned that these promises are true. As we end off today's discussion, right. remind me to, to go to Revelation where it says, these things saith the faithful and true. I think there's a verse like that in Revelation. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, probably almost everywhere. In fact, uh, the people that we are working with on this podcast, um, the, the podcast that is released on Monday, she's actually doing um episodes on the seven churches in Revelation. The because seven that's churches, where yeah. Jesus Very good to listen to, yes. This is the faithful and true. That's where, yeah, yeah. So... It's, it's definitely a good mm. plug to, to definitely check out. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Hope against depression, right? But before we get to the hope part, we, we need to just talk about this depression, right? And um, this episode, well, this podcast, rather, we are looking at a biblical perspective on things. So we're looking at, we're going to be looking at Bible characters that have experienced this, um, how mm. God sees it, how God perceives it, and mostly how God has provided for us that we deal with it, right? And yeah, and as we go, we will be, and just in case it slips our mind or it's not mentioned, we are acknowledging uh, the clinical aspects of depression, right? Because yeah, as as it is that we are going to mention, um, yes. causes for depression 
vary clinical okay depression right and then there's clinical depression so the causes vary from person to person and sometimes it's like completely a clinical technical thing where it's literally a chemical imbalance where some professional mm-hmm. help is needed and so here yeah we we, we acknowledge the work of mm-hmm. both right your physicians your doctors yeah. your psychiatrists mm-hmm. your, your psychologists playing their role but God also play his role. But on this episode, we will be looking at mostly with what the Bible has to say about this. So, and I think, just before maybe you yeah? continue, maybe more, just okay. to put you on the spot here. No. Put you on the spot here. Don't uh, do this. I, I, know you, I know you did some psychology studies. Yeah. And that, that's past tense, though. <laughs> past tense. Ah, okay. Okay. Just tell us what you know. What would you say is the difference between okay. depression and stress? The primary okay. difference. The difference uh, between depression and stress. Because okay. I struggle with those. Like okay. I struggle with I mix them up. Anxiety, stress, depression. What would you say is, is the primary okay. difference between Okay. Um all right. I'm gonna try speak from them from a clinical perspective, right? Because generally, mm-hmm. like in society, we just throw them around and we may even yeah, trust it that's what I'm saying. one thing. It confuses me. But depression is the stress. Okay, let me start with depression, right? So we have yeah. what we call clinical depression slash major depressive disorder, right? So this is when a person will find themselves like find themselves experiencing depressive episodes. So a depressive episode may be something like um, I lack motivation to do the things that I like to do or the things I usually do. So I have an entire Mm. routine for my day and my week, right? And maybe I will Mm. go for one day without doing it. That does not mean I'm depressed, right? So with depression, there's five symptoms. I'm going to try to remember and mention all of them. If I experience um, about three or more of these symptoms consecutively for two weeks, right? Mm. According to the DSM-5, which is like a criterion, a person then you can actually now take them to see a professional then they actually take it from there so it involves um so a deviation from your normal thing so when you now find yourself not doing what you usually do right you are either just stuck in bed the whole day because there's just nothing in you telling you to get up and to move and then there's issues with appetite so you either start eating a lot or you don't eat at all same thing with sleep it's either you're sleeping too much or you are oversleeping. Um, so they sleep, there's appetite, there's motivation. Um, and then the other one, oh, suicidal as well, right? So people that usually have these major depressive disorders, when they are having an episode, it's like in that moment in time, it's like there's literally no hope, right? The way you see yourself, the way you see the world, everything is just dark and you are suicidal as well. I can't remember the fifth one, but if you find yourself Mm. experiencing like three or more of these things every single Mm. day for two weeks, that's depression. Anxiety, I think we spoke about it in like our second or third episode. Anxiety has to do more with being afraid, right? So there's different Mm -hmm. types of anxiety. There's social anxiety. Um, There is... Mm -hmm. What other anxiety is there? But there's a lot of types of different anxiety, right? And then under anxiety attacks and under anxiety disorders. So actually anxiety in the psychology or clinical space is just an umbrella term. And then underneath that, there's a lot of things like your panic disorders, your your OCDs. OCD, 
all of those fall under anxiety. So they have to do with being afraid of something, right? So anxiety is associated with fear. And maybe sometimes someone who's usually anxious, they may then uh, have like a depressive episode. And then um, stress is not so much a clinical thing. Like, okay, unless if things have changed now, because I studied these like what... Oh, it was like two years ago. A year but, ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But stress, as far as I can remember, has no like clinical implications. If someone is probably seeing a professional, it's really rare for someone to be diagnosed with stress. Although it, so stress has to do with worry, right? And I think stress usually leads to either the depression or the anxiety. It manifests in both. Um, but stress just has to do with worry, whereas with anxiety, it's worry and fear, but it's more extreme. And again, there are other symptoms for anxiety and different types of it. It's quite complex. Um, I, I just really did an undergrad in this. So, I mean, I've tried, but yeah, <laughs> I tried. All right. No, I think, I think, I think, I think you have taken us through, through what depression is. And yeah, there's, yeah. there's some at least some clinical understanding, mm. and we're not just just pushing the term out as well, right? Oh, mood um, as well, because we're gonna talk about yes, that. Yes, depression has of, a lot to do. Yeah, with we're gonna mood. talk about that as well. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And yeah. guess who experiences different moods? I mean, David. I I I once saw a meme. It okay. was saying half of the Psalms. Praise David praising God, and I'm paraphrasing. And then you are saying the other half of the Psalms is like he's sad, he's complaining. And so you have David, and yeah. literally, like if there's anyone who has gone through emotions, probably between, I don't know, it has to be between Jacob and David, honestly. Like, I mean, <laughs> David Jacob and Jacob, or I David, think, go through a lot. Or Jesus. And I don't know if oh, I'm Oh, yes. Not, that's that's really going to... Okay, take us through. Am I dropping it too soon? <laughs> but I think it's important. I, I, I think let's get to David first. Okay, and then, and we'll then I, can, the... I can explain yes, how, yes, how, yes. how Jesus is also, you know, um, had, mm. had really fluctuating so, moods. But, yes. Yo, a lot. So when you look at David... Okay. And he... Okay, yo, Jesus is such a deep one. Okay, so when you look at David, David had gone through a lot. Mm. I mean... Actually, when 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 we tend to look at the history of David from a from a more of a Jewish perspective, mm-hmm. and when theologians tend to look at it as well, I've heard an idea around that there was even some drama that is not really recorded in the Bible where uh, he was even suspected of being another man's child. Blah 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 <gasps> blah. So there was that whole thing as well with David. Mm-hmm. It's it's a thing I've heard around that that theologians tend to discuss. Interesting. Um, yeah. But you might have to double check me on that one. Okay. And so so we see that with David's life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And what I'm saying actually links to, to that psalm, I'm forgetting where it is, which mm. people tend to tend to link to it being a MS a prophetic psalm of Jesus. I'm forgetting which psalm it is. It's a very common psalm that people tend to refer to Jesus. I and mean... that's that's the ones with with, okay. with your okay, of course it's almost yeah, right, but we'll get to that. And so you see with David as well, mm. he's now anointed as, okay, first of all, he goes through, okay, let's talk about this. 
as much as he had, he had been given the strength of God, you can imagine being a young boy fighting a lion, fighting sure. a bear, trauma. fighting a giant. As much as much as as yes, God was there, God gave him the strength. It was an amazing victory, but you can imagine how the, what was going through him, being being as young as he is, and mm. then he's anointed by God. He's anointed by God, but all of a sudden, things go wrong. Saul wants to kill him. He's driven away from his family. He's living in a cave. Everything is just not good for him. He's being hunted down. Mm-hmm. And he can't kill the king because the king is the anointed of the Lord. Right? And he's like, yeah. what can I do here? God, fight for me. You anointed me. He's going through a lot. Mm-hmm. On top of that, he becomes king. More trials. There's still battles he must fight. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and, definitely... Mm-hmm. And through that, he's going through all these mood changes because despite the bad things, the work good things, and you just see it's, it's, his life is just fluctuating. It's a, yeah, yeah. It, it's a fluctuation of moods. And I think it, it's one good thing to, um, to acknowledge, right? Because it's mm. usually that thing of, Hi, Bo, but David should have seen, or at least should have been grateful that God is keeping mm. him alive every day and stuff like that. And it's something that the that the that the lesson right acknowledges. And I remember we spoke about this in our first lesson, acknowledging that being sad, right? It's it's not a sin. Mm. And when we see mm. many multiple Bible characters being sad, even Jesus and even God the Father, uh, um, themselves. So we we see this fluctuation of moods. Like there are some Psalms where David is like praising God. He's like, yo guys, everyone worship God. And God, he's so and then, good. And then sometimes he's like, hear me, oh Lord. You're saying hear me, oh Lord, in like Psalm 150. Like how many poems mm-hmm. and songs have you written? Some praising mm. God and some you are like even questioning his presence um, in your life. And I think um, the one thing that we... The, the main thing that 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 we we get highlight a highlight from David's experience and particularly Psalm 42. Um, I don't think we're going to read the entire psalm, but it's one out of many other psalms where David is just like, I I, I don't know anymore, and you know he's looking at himself. He's like, I'm terrible, wretched man that I am. He's looking mm. at the world. He's like, the world is also just as terrible, and it's like, what hope do I even have? And, you know, I think also that's another thing with, like, depression, right? It's like you go through a very sad event or time in your life and you look at yourself, you're like, there's no way I can get myself out of this. I, myself, I'm in a dark place. You look at the people around you, you look at the world, and generally everything else is falling apart. But I think this is where our now our lessons kick in, right? With how it is that we can have hope against these depression, um, against these depressive um, episodes and these moments. And it's not, and David even acknowledges them, right? Because we see in almost mm, all his yeah. songs, he always ends with saying that, oh, bruh, at the end, what does he say? Um, hope thou in God. You know, like, in Psalm 42 specifically, that's how he ends. And in almost all his songs. So it's like, yeah, we are acknowledging. and But this is what the Bible has to say. And the first uh, thing... Is it Psalm 42 verse... Um, Psalm 42 verse 11. I just read the last verse. That after all, he's wailing and he's complaining. And he doesn't have a solution, right? He doesn't have a solution. Mine says, for shall I yet praise him with the health of my countenance? Yeah, I just read... God. 
I just read like a specific line that says, hope thou in God for I shall yet. Oh, I found it. I found it. Yeah. 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 So I was just like referring. So David just ends up to saying, well, my soul, you are cast down. I don't know what to do. The world is falling apart. So Mm. hope thou in God. Right. And the the alternative interpretations also that we get from scripture so instead of thinking of yourself as messed Mm. up and Mm. entirely hopeless right we are told and we are called that in times like these you are to remember that you're an image of god and you were made in the image of god right god created you and that god loves you that he granted you all his privileges and even just mere life uh the quote that says where there is life there is hope so it's like in times like these where you feel like you are terrible just remember that it it may not solve anything but it may be enough to prevent you from help from making that what that radically wrong choice because like that's the point of this entire podcast in just like preventing our emotions and feelings from um from overruling our judgment and then a look at the world right so when you think that the world is a terrible place there's no hope an alternative that scripture gives us is the fact that um yeah sure the world is rotten and it is full of evil but also there are many admirable and beautiful things in fact in steps to christ ellen white says that why are you dwelling so much on the dark things is there no flower in the garden like why are you only focusing so much on the thorns right and then the last one the hope that burns within our hearts we have the hope of a blissful future at least if now things are bad you have that mark to look towards yeah mm. yeah and I just wanted to emphasize one of the points that you mentioned there about i don't know you you having a psychological background would confirm this that one of the things that actually make us feel depressed too much tends to be us actually thinking more about self yeah yeah the because yeah. The, you are dwelling more on yourself and on your problem right yes. um, i'm not sure yeah. if, we, if if we've actually tackled and read from philippians 2 and from, from philippians 4 which is very much of a biblical thing but the more you think about yourself the more you overthink and the less you take time to think about you know, how could someone else be seeing this perspective? And I think we are going to talk about it in the second or third part. When we discuss mm-hmm. talking about things as very important, it helps you stop seeing things from your own perspective, which sometimes may be very limited. So, um, yeah, do you have anything on, on David before I, 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 I explain what I wanted to just like talk about? How Jesus... I think, I think you can go on. Okay, so uh, I've been reading, right, and devoting from the book of Psalms, and I opener, mm-hmm. guys, I opener. We like to go to the Psalms when we are not feeling wow or when we want to relate because it's that thing of like, oh, the Psalms are so relatable. Like everything is about me, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something, Cha. Have I not been reading the book of Psalms and of course, I'm reading it aside with, 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 with a commentary, right? Most of the Psalms, in fact, if not all of them, also have a messianic prophecy. So it's like we think that the only place where we can read or know about Christ is in the four Gospels. That is not true because everything in the Bible is a testament and, and points us to Christ. And that is very much inclusive of the Psalms. If you actually take time to read through the Psalms, 
and studying cross-reference with other scriptures in the Bible, we actually see that most of these experiences that David even wrote about were actually talking about the suffering of Christ, particularly his time at the Garden of Gethsemane and at the cross. It is so beautiful. And so it's like, even when we run to the Psalms, we are like, yo, at least there's a Bible character I can relate to. It's more powerful than that. Like Jesus, mm-hmm. these experiences that are recorded in Psalms, Jesus was also downcast. There were times where Jesus felt like God was not hearing him because his our sins were so heavy on him such that there was a separation from God. He had no social support. His disciples were there sleeping. He was literally all alone, right? So... Mm. It's just like, I think for me, it's just like such a big thing that when we are reading through the Psalms for comfort, for, for, for relatable content, don't just see David, guys, see Jesus. And mm. it just goes back to that first episode again, that when we just see mm. how much agony our Savior suffered, and even many writers agree to this, that the suffering of Jesus does not even compare to anyone's suffering. So yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes you really feel like everyone is I mean, the guy sweat blood, hey. Yeah, exactly. And that was mental he was alone. It's not like he was even mm-hmm. sweating blood because he was even harming himself physically. Mm. His mind was going through read... so much. It is so crazy. Mm-hmm. When you read what inspiration says about it, giving us further insights, particularly in the scene of the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay. Uh, how, as he was walking, the, the, the sense of terrible sadness that he was feeling, that he even almost felt like, I think, twice or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he did go through a lot. Yeah, and yeah. that opens up to our next discussion, actually, okay. the consequence of discouragement of mm. depression. What mm-hmm. does this result in? Okay. Feeling, yeah, take us through. So here we are reading from Hezekiah, right? I think Hezekiah was a was a cousin to Isaiah, right? And here he's also going through a lot. I'm just going to read from Isaiah 38, verse 14 from the NIV. It says, I cried like a swift or thrush. I moaned like a morning dove. I've never heard a dove morning, but sure it's not cute. Apparently, doves are pigeons. Anyways, let's move. Um, (laughs) Okay. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. I am troubled, O Lord. Come to my aid. Right? Mm. So here we have another experience of a biblical character that was going through a lot. And he's now just looking to the heavens. Probably, literally, he's just there weeping. And he's like, that's the only place where my where my um my help can come from and the particular context in this case like as i'd said in the beginning that you know depressive episodes or, or times where we are extremely discouraged may happen for a variety of reasons and with as a hezekiah mm-hmm. example we are told from scripture that he was actually suffering from a particular illness right so it's like even just that physical hurt that he was mm-hmm. going through was actually even starting to affect him emotionally right and i think here we're just starting to see how different people go through things differently we see job right mm. don't want to say if he was having some depressive episodes or not because job had hope even though he was crying but we see that job was quiet his morning time was quiet and then you have your davids who are sometimes screaming mm. 
sometimes is quiet and then we have Hezekiah here who is moaning an entire grown up man right and he mm. he's here crying and moaning so it's here just acknowledging how different people in varied contexts in different cultures um experience mm. grief and discouragement and and depressive mm-hmm. episodes differently yeah and and a lot happens when with depression that comes and i think you already talked about this mm-hmm. um you know change of appetite change of sleep change of certain habits that we are supposed to do no motivation become sick mm-hmm. and what we actually going to now dive into is the next one yes what we, what we're going to now how do we start handling that now yeah. where do we then take it from there that's what we want to move on to now So talking about relief from depression, right? Okay. And we're going to just going to open our Bibles to Psalms 39, verse 2. I'm just going to read from verse 2 here. I was down with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was steered. My heart was hot within me while I was misusing the, the fire, using the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how, how frail am I. Verse 5, Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Verse 6, Surely every man walketh in a vain shoe. Surely that is quitted in vain. He heated up riches, and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what with I for my hope is in thee. Mm. So relief from depression. Yeah. Right? Uh, what what are you what are you getting from this Mabel? So David, as he says in verse two, I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. So um, we're not just speaking about how depressive episodes manifest themselves in different ways. Sometimes you're just talking nonstop and just rambling and crying to God. David at this point is just like, I was dumb with silence, right? That means he's not talking, right? He was completely silent, right? And what does this, what does this do to him, right? We see in verse three, he did not even get better when he kept quiet right mm. um, it says that my my sorrow was stirred verse 3 my heart was hot within me that burning with sorrow right while i was mm. using the fire burned then spake i with my tongue right you do english literature poetry we know that words like but or then right they are suggesting like a change or shift in things so it's like we have this mm-hmm. with david is quiet um he's quiet and he's going through a lot, so much sorrow. He's burning with sorrow, right? He's not burning like he's mm. feeling good or anything. And then, right, then spake with my tongue, right? And then he mm. opens up to God. He's like, Lord, make known to me my end and the measure of my days, right? And he's speaking. It's not like he's positive or anything. He's still speaking in his depressive mood. But it's the fact that he has now chosen to speak about things. And that's really what we want yes. to right now. That there is power yeah. in talking. A mere talking about things, trust me, it does not solve the problem. But it puts you in a better place mm-hmm. to solve it or to even think about it. Right? So, yeah. yeah. 
and that that's really the point we want to um emphasize here right speaking to a close mm. friend speaking to a therapist right because actually like i've actually um attended a couple of therapy sessions they don't help at all i've actually almost always left disappointed because i'm coming to you asking you to solve my problems but they actually don't even solve they actually help you unpack and the more you unpack and talk to someone about something mm-hmm. the more you start seeing it in a more different context or even in a different light or in a different way and then you are just in a better position to deal with it because when we spoke in the beginning that when you are in that depressive state you look at yourself everything is dark you look at the world everything is dark but when you just step mm. outside of that bubble where you are now opening up to someone else um that that's a great place to start and another point I want to highlight as well as much as talking to people is as important yeah let's not forget the lesson we learned from Elijah as well mm. talking with God Psalms 55 verse 17 evening yeah. and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and yeah. you shall hear my voice mm-hmm. David evening whatever time it is I'm going to cry out to God and I'm going to talk to him if there is one person who's just always willing to be there to listen, and although you might not feel their presence physically, like they will touch you and you will feel their glory and all, you know he's there. And anytime you just say, I want to talk to him. Yeah. So because... important to turn to God, even now, especially in fact, in our no. distressed moment, you should turn to God. Yeah. As we learned from Elijah, as much as he was saying, God, kill me, I'm tired of all this, he turned to God. Mm-hmm. Even David, you know, he's turning to God. Because Just pick up that, there's that key thing with, yeah. even with Hezekiah, we're reading about him, he's talking to God. Yeah, he, he turns to heaven. Because really, I'm also thinking of times where I've been down. So you are down because your, your problem has not been solved, right? That means human beings have failed you. If human beings had helped you get through whatever it is you're struggling with, maybe you wouldn't be at this state. Um, so sometimes it's a really a thing of um, human beings have failed us. In fact, Psalms 27, that's what David says, that even my own mother and my father will fail me, but the Lord will never fail me, right? You have a when my mother and my father leave me, then the un- Lord will take me up. Yes. So like you don't see your therapist 24-7, right? You have scheduled appointments mm-hmm. with them. But with the Lord, any time is tea time, right? Because yeah, prayer mm-hmm. is exactly that, an opening up of the heart mm-hmm. to God. So speaking about things is, just, is, a, is a great place to start. And yeah, moving on, now we are speaking about the need of forgiveness. Uh, we've probably spoken about this. I think we spoke about it when we were speaking about guilt and the effects of mm-hmm. holding on to things, right? So this is not only, mm-hmm. so this is forgiveness, in like a 360 dimension it's forgiveness to self forgiveness with god and forgiveness with our fellow men as well right and this is again mm-hmm. taking from people in the bible who mostly after having over experienced these things it was a burden with sin or a burden with something wrong that they had done in the past and it's like it is weighing so heavy on you and it's like you think that you there is no way out or there is like um or no deliverance from it so part of talking about things and that's why james 
in the book of James, he says that confess your sins to one another. That verse, it's not just about saying, oh, brah, I stole from the shop. That thing of confessing our sins to one another, it has to do with um, speaking to the people that we are probably not at a good place with and, and talking those things out and also eventually seeking our repentance it reminds me con forgiveness sorry reminds me of a testimony i heard it was about medical missionary work and we had um this person mm -hmm. who was sick he wasn't feeling well physically he was struggling mm -hmm. i can't remember what he was struggling with and the medical missionaries had really done everything they could to help him and then they asked him, brah, what is the problem? We have done everything, you know? And actually the thing that was the problem is because he was holding a grudge and he had actually not sought um, forgiveness. And that's why the treatment actually was not working. So we actually see that we need to forgive ourselves of a past yeah, that you, we He was not. holding a grudge. He wasn't forgiving himself. I think he was holding a grudge against someone else. I can't remember the exact details, but it had to do with him mm -hmm. finding forgiveness and simply accepting the grace of God, right? And that's why Christ says that um, he, he wants to carry our burdens, right? Because sin and, and just this life and the things we do and the things we go through, they in themselves are a burden. And that's like bringing these things to God and seeking forgiveness and him carrying this yoke with us, it makes the burden, it makes the burden lighter. In fact, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about Paul and Peter. These are people that suffered a lot, right? In fact, I actually want to go to, to the book of Peter. Um, but if you have anything to say on that, you can go ahead whilst I open uh, from Peter. First. Oh yeah, just with forgiveness as well. Yeah. Um, we did. We need to seek forgiveness from God, and we need to forgive ourselves as well, mm. right? What is Psalm thirty-two, verse five? I acknowledge my sin unto Thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I mm. said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and Thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. Sila, mm. God is willing to forgive our sins. Come before Him. And, you know, don't let the guilt of your sin hold you back. You will feel guilty. You will feel horrible. You will feel terrible. And I think we already talked about guilt. And there's need for forgiveness for, for forgiveness for our sins. Our sins need to be forgiven. We need to forgive others. We need to forgive ourselves as well. Right. And even worse, there is a devil and he's just out there to make things worse. Right. So, mm -hmm. like, I, what I wanted to share from the book of Peter and uh, these biblical characters. So, one thing I've observed from the book of Psalms, and also we see Job, he was suffering, right? But his mm -hmm. suffering, it's like, it, I suffer, but I have hope at the same time. Same thing with David. He's going through a lot, but there's hope, right? Mm -hmm. And these, this is because these are people that did want, they do not hold grudges against people. And they sought the forgiveness of God. And Peter speaks about this, right? He says that, don't think it a strange thing for you guys to suffer, right? He says that as long as you are suffering for Christ, it is good. And that's why Paul says that you must rejoice in suffering, right? So I'd like to really submit and to suggest that there's a suffering that hits different when it's a suffering, maybe from 
that thing of like not, not receiving that grace of Christ, not forgiving others, not forgiving ourselves, or not seeking mm-hmm. forgiveness from Christ from the things that we've done wrong, that will lead you mm-hmm. in a dark place. But let's say you are going through a lot, you are being attacked, but you are right with God, you will be like David, where you are crying to God, but at the end you are like, my soul will hope in the Lord. You are like Paul, where you are like rejoicing the Lord, even when you are bound in chains. And I just want to read from First mm-hmm. Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Um, it is so good. I'm going to read from verse 12 to verse 19. It says, Beloved, First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to 19. It says, Beloved, think it not a strange, think it not strange, Concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Oh, guys, listen to this. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit and the glory and of God rested upon you. When you are suffering of, for Christ, the mm. spirit and the glory of God dwells on you. Like, yo, anyways, we are not on that, right? And then he says, on their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. So Christ is glorified when you are suffering for him. So let's say, and when I'm saying suffering for him, right, you are going through a lot, but it is not a result or consequence of, sin that you have done because you have accepted and you have sought forgiveness right and then it says verse 15 which is where i want to dwell on but let none suffer you no but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evil doer or as a busybody in other men's matters paul is saying that i don't want you to suffer going going through a lot because you are guilty because you've murdered someone or because you've stolen that's not the suffering that we want right because that suffering is what we are trying to run away from and yes if you are guilty of murder or stealing right that's when you are now to seek that forgiveness because it's like so there's there's the suffer because God's children go through a lot, but they haven't done anything wrong. So that sort of suffering has hope versus Mm. the suffering where you are going through a lot and you are suffering as a murderer or as a thief. That means that you still have that stamp of murderer and as a thief on you, you are guilty of sin, right? And that's that's the point I'm trying to drive here is that when we are basically right with God, even when we are suffering, we have hope and we are able to go through whatever we're struggling with because think of paul think of david they were struggling and job also but because they were at a right place with god their suffering was was different they were not think of the suffering that saul was going through right it was because of the guilt and the burden that he had so i think that's what the lesson is trying to drive here that it's just a thing of or, or just giving us that guarantee or that surety, or also pointing us to the fact that sin can really come to affect um, our mental state and our mental well-being. Yeah, I'm not going to continue mm. with the rest of the verse, but I really just wanted to emphasize the importance of seeking forgiveness with God. It doesn't mean that your problems are going to go away, but you will now rejoice because you are suffering with Christ. And <laughs> it may seem that <laughs> to the world. Stay away so you can rejoice. Yeah. 
And Paul, what Peter is saying that you will have the glory and the praise, uh-huh. the glory and the spirit of Christ dwelling in you, even to the world, it may seem that it's otherwise. So forgiveness with others, forgiveness with self, forgiveness with God. The, the promise mm-hmm. we are getting from scripture is that when we suffer with and when we, when we suffer for Christ, it's going to hit different. You will suffer though, but it's going to hit different. Mm. Yeah. So that's... And that, that's in that suffering, in that suffering for Christ, we are to find hope against distress. Yeah. Can we read Micah? Can we read now? We can't leave out this verse, you know. We can't okay. leave it out. Micah, let's turn our Bibles to Micah. All right. We have to read it. You, you can go ahead like, and read it. It's such us. a practical. All right. Uh, from Micah 7, verse 1. It's one of those books that right. are really, really hard to find. Okay, find it. Ah, uh, no, you must know the Bible. I mean... She doesn't know her Bible, this baby. <laughs> Go ahead. He's creating a podcast for. <laughs> for what? Go ahead and read Micah chapter 7. Micah chapter 7. Well, I, I am as when they have gathered the summer, the summer fruits as the grape leaves of the vintage. There is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first ripe fruit. The food. The good man is sorry, the good man is paid out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother within it, that they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh and the judge asketh for a reward, and the great man he uttereth this mischievous desire. So they wrap it up. The best of them is a prayer. The most upright is a sharper, is sharper than a horn hedge. The day of thy watchmen and thy visitation cometh now, cometh, now shall be thy perplexity. Verse 5, trust ye not in a friend, put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. Verse 6, for the son dishonoreth the father, the daughter riseth up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. Before we go to get to verse 7, is this a world you have seen as well in your lifetime? Mm. Crazy. This world. Yeah. You are your own enemies. Where people's enemies are people in their actual household. There is, there is no respect for each other in the family. There is no love for each other in the family. Mm-hmm. You can't even trust your own friends. That's the kind of world we are living in. Sure. Now, listen yeah. to what he says. Mm-hmm. In the midst of all this, he then therefore. says, therefore, come so, conclusion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My sure. God will hear me. Same thing. Yeah. That's the... So in the midst of all this happening, mm. he, he keeps his focal point on God. The, he says, I will look unto God. The, despite everything happening, it's troubling him. It's a problem to him. He keeps looking to God. Keep looking to God. And I think that's, that's a point that we stressed as we're beginning this about hope. A hope 
that that we find in God, you know, despite things that we go through this world, um, particularly em- emphasizing on the, on the on the basis of structuring of suffering that mm-hmm. you have that you have built up, despite the suffering that we go through, we go through it for Christ. We go through it for something that is that is coming a greater what that is coming and as we go through that suffering as we go through these moments of discouragement distress depression for Christ's sake as we are persecuted for righteousness sake we must look on, we must look to Christ and the Lord and wait the God of our salvation we he must be the focal point of our eye he must be the apple of our eye can we put it that way? As the apple of your eye. We must be, we want to be the apple of his eye. But yeah, it's it's really driving that point, hope, hope, hope. Like, I think for, with all the texts that we have read, there is no solution, mm. right? And I, I'm really glad that we are not being presented with, as David Ashik likes to put it, a sanitized Bible characters that are unrelatable, you know? Like, mm. they are stuck, as most of us are, we could sit here, have a focus group, mention all yeah, our problems, and no one will be able to help each other. But the least we can do, which is the, the least is the most, and that is just to encourage each other mm. and to give each other hope. And also hope is not just for the believer, even the unbeliever as well. People go to school, you have no guarantee whatsoever that you're going to pass, but you are trusting that you're putting enough work and hoping that you will get in, you will get out what it is that you're putting in. So I think what the lesson is really trying to emphasize is the importance of hope and how hope is essential just for us as human beings to keep us going. The lesson put it so perfectly, and I want to read it for us here. Um, It says that, um, let me just get that paragraph specifically. It says, hope is essential to live Hope is essential to live our lives with, with a reasonable amount of mental health. Hope must be alive even for the unbeliever. Youth in search of Mm. employment must hope that they will find a job. A lost traveler Mm. will hope to find his way. And And investors who have lost their money must believe that they will be better times. Living with zero hope... Mm leads to meaninglessness and death we mm, keep going mm, because mm. there's hope of a better world right i'm like kind of wanting to step into the academic and research space there are zero solutions but we keep researching because we are hoping to get answers from the questions that yes. we are asking and from the data we are collecting that's literally the thing that keeps us waking up and going if there was no hope literally life would, would not do anything we would not do anything. So hope, 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 H-O-P-E mm. against depression. And Hope is what we need. And I really think that that, that is a great place to, to end off the lessons. And there are some amazing questions I'd like to pose for our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff to really reflect about and to, and to really think about. And the first one, it says that how can you help someone who prays, who counsels, who loves the Lord and who trusts in him and yet still feels overwhelmed with sadness, even if they don't understand why? How can you help them not give up their faith 
but cling to the hope and promises given in the word, right? Because we really get people mm-hmm. that genuinely love the Lord, but they're going through so much. And it's like, what is it that you can now do for them? And the second one, yeah. right, is one of the greatest mistakes a person can make is to believe that because they feel so down, so depressed, so hopeless, it means that God has abandoned them. Why is it that, first of all, not true? Why is that not true? Interrogate that question personally, right? Secondly, what Bible characters such as Elijah, Jeremiah in jail, or even John the Baptist in jail, and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, what Bible characters can you point to in order to show right, that, that sadness and discouragement does not mean that God has forsaken them? And how can you help and how can you also learn from their experiences and to know that your experiences and that your sufferings and how you feel is not a good parameter of, of, of how your faith is looking? Because yeah, as we said that the last thing we want is people running away from God when it is that they're going through a lot mm. because they feel that God has abandoned them, which is not the case. Yeah. Oh no, are you done? Yeah. Okay, for me, I just wanted to say as a last thing to my listeners to encourage them to have hope and to look on to what's coming and keep their fo- their eye on the prize. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, a message specifically to us, to him that overcometh will I grant to, to sit to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. And Christ overcame. He, <gasps> mm. he did. That moment in Garden of Gethsemane, God is not there, kind of, because it's like, you've got the whole world sins, and his disciples are not there. He was literally alone. But there was hope, mm. and he knew what that experience was for, and he went through with it, and yeah, let us keep running because we have our mind mm-hmm. fixed on another time. Whatever it is, mm. right? It, it's not necessarily limited to heaven, but things can get better yeah. if you are there searching for employment. Your hope is that one day you will get that job and that's why you keep searching. Yes. So yes. keeping your mind fixed on that other time instead of dwelling so much where you are at now, it at least helps you get through the day and not waste your God-given time and resources here on earth. All right, I think that's a good place to end. May you please close for us in prayer. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come before you upon this day, Lord, to thank you for the gift of life which you have given upon us, Lord. Please let your spirit be with us. May it guide us for heavenly Father. And Lord, we pray that the things we learn here, Lord, we're not just coming here to discuss them. Our listeners are not just coming here to listen to, to this as a routine. I thought that we may practically apply these things in our lives. And that, Lord, as we are at the threshold of great and solemn events, Lord, we want to ask that indeed this hope may burn within our hearts. That despite what we are, gonna, what we are going through, what is coming, Lord, against us as your people, we may look towards the hope in that we as well may be overcome. We pray for strength in our daily struggles, Lord. Some are looking for jobs. Some are going through family problems. Some are overcoming challenges with school. 
aspects and there are challenges each and every day, Lord, when we wake up. But we pray, Lord, give us strength to go on. Remind us daily of that hope and remind us to have a life, a life of hopelessness. And remind us that in our moments of discouragement, of depression, of feeling down, we may look unto you and come unto you, Heavenly Father, and remember the solutions we have discussed today, that we that we may be well and experience the peace that comes from Christ. We pray this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Have a good one. Goodbye. Good.